0: The Department of Fisheries and Oceans announced it will not be renewing licenses of some fish farms on B.C.'s mid-coast, read the Discovery Islands, as part of phasing them out altogether by 2025. And this past week, two First Nations groups from B.C. who sit on opposite sides of the open-net salmon fish farm industry were both in Ottawa to make their case. One of the groups was the First Nations Wild Salmon Alliance, whose chair is Bob Chamberlain. Gilagame. Bob, good morning. Welcome back.
1: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, Now, you and uh, your group went to Ottawa, as did the other side of the fish farm debate. Uh, They uh, were talking about uh, reducing uh, salmon accessibility is only going to drive up the cost of the product for everyone concerned. Not a good decision in the first place. That was one of their arguments. What do you make of that?
1: Well, they seem to be reaching pretty far and wide to justify the impact. They represent to the British Columbia. I mean, now we're hearing an argument that is going to, you know, affect global warming for crying out loud. But you know, the the fact remains is that the you know the trip that the First Nation Wild Salmon Alliance made, we had representation of 50 First Nations on this trip, and we were very clear about the support to the Liberal government, and we even we proposed to the ministers that we met with. That we establish a tripartite table, First Nations, federal and provincial, to identify existing federal and provincial government commitments that could be targeted towards a transition for communities and for affected workers. I mean, we're being pragmatic.
0: So let's talk about this 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 collaborative process that you're you're leaning towards, Bob. What is the other side? Those who are opposed to uh, your position, who are in favor of the open net salmon fish farm industry. What's their take on a collaborative process?
1: Well, I've not heard any response from them about what we have proposed because at the time we were both in Ottawa, they would not have been aware of it. Okay, but we keep hearing about the focus on jobs and and so on and but the thing is like we have to have a balanced examination and equation where we take into consideration the full impact to wild salmon and what that means one of the chiefs on our trip uh, told us or he had an invoice or a bill that he showed us that he spent close to four hundred thousand dollars to provide i think it was two and a half sides of salmon to his community and that's just one community So when you multiply the economic impact of First Nations up and down the Fraser River, it is catastrophic.
0: And yet you talk about let's talk about the other side of that coin where there are First Nations people employed by the fish farming industry, specifically in the Discovery Islands, who are about to lose their jobs. What percentage of the uh, workforce uh, is, uh, to the best of your knowledge, Bob, uh, made up of indigenous workers?
1: Well, I believe that there are some contractors involved in the uh, transportation of fish to and from uh, these fish farms, and they're contractors. But, you know, when the Discovery Islands decision came down and the industry was talking about what a catastrophic hit this is going to be, those fish farms in particular have not had fish for a year and a half or two years. And, you know, I went through Campbell River just a week and a half ago, and the lights are still on. The community is still thriving. And I just think that they're reacting as any industry would that's got to alter their course of business where they're claiming the sky is about to fall and the world's about to end.
0: Well, uh, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the the North Island is such a a mecca for tourism and indigenous tourism is known uh, around the planet. And if we could focus on redeveloping uh, wild salmon rivers and streams and habitats and so on, we would actually develop a, a, a restorative economy that would provide employment, impact the environment in a positive way, return salmon, and we could then get on with further uh, opportunities for ecotourism and so on.
0: One of the things that your uh, group, the uh, First Nations Wild Salmon Alliance, is a proponent of is land-based uh, fish farms, uh, which would take all of the the uh, potential damage uh, sea lice and all of those other issues that are so at play right now. It would remove them completely, but the process is pretty expensive and there's uh, not a lot of willingness on the part of those in the salmon. The existing uh, uh, aquaculture business to make that move and spend that money is—is uh, is there any indication to you to, of any kind of uh, uh, access or change of of uh, mind or at least open to any kind of discussion about that?
1: Well, when we talk to an industry that is making you know massive profits on externalizing all of their waste costs, they're not interested in investing in in a, in a new system that is going to be able to provide full responsibility for all of their activities. I'm aware that there is uh, up in Gold River, as an example, there is a land-based closed containment that's being developed right now. Mm. And in IntraFish, the industry publication, began a monthly newsletter a year or so back that highlighted the fastest growing sector of aquaculture, which is land-based closed containment. So this is something that's going on globally, and I believe it's driven by people's Uh, desire to see proper and fulsome environmental protection and sustainability and certainly this industry as it is today isn't when you consider the full impact to wild salmon across the province
0: Bob is the Gold River Project kind of a test thing or is it a full-blown let's do this thing for real
1: it's a full-blown let's do this thing for real and I've spoken with First Nations across the province that are interested in land-based closed containment And this will take a number of years, of course, simply to construct, but then there's regulations and policy that would need to be developed. So when the minister spoke about Discovery Island uh, not being reissued, and she focused on the precautionary principle, the scientific uncertainty, the Mm -hmm. cumulative impacts, and the true state of salmon in B.C., this shows me the minister is on the right track. She's got an open mind and she's considering all information, not just the flawed science that comes out of the Canadian Scientific Advisory Secretariat.
0: So if if uh, other projects like Gold River land based uh, salmon farming was to go forward, then that the employment factor uh, would would be retained. It would be postponed while things were being constructed and so on. But no one would lose their jobs, would they?
1: No, this is true, and we have to consider also the construction of these things is going to be an economic benefit as well with further employment. And, you know, I'm aware that Ta-Aman Nation and Nation in Powell River are also interested in doing this with the mill that's there. There are places in the Fraser Valley and up in the interior that are very much interested. And it is it is an evolution that's occurring globally, and we just need to turn our minds to how does the government support an emerging industry. And let's be clear, they were very supportive financially to the open net cage fish farms for decades. So it's not like something that's out of line in terms of supporting an emerging industry.
0: Salmon's really important to BC. Bob, we appreciate the updates uh, that you take uh, uh, every now and then to keep us posted on what's going on in the aquaculture industry. Thanks again for this.
1: You bet. Have a great Saturday.